<laughs> so y'all be back in school. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Page 201. Let's start off with it. Tell me the story of Jesus. Right on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious. Sweetest that ever was heard. Tell that the angels in chorus sing as they welcome his Christmas, but it's a good story all year round. Let's all stay on page 167. Yeah. 
brother Josh Bennett hit him with us tonight to preach for us. Y'all pray for him as he preaches. We'll have Brother Jay back uh, this coming Sunday, so y'all pray for be praying for the service Sunday. Uh, this time we'll take prayer requests. Uh, anybody got a prayer request? Let's all come down and pray and remember to pray for Brother Josh as he brings message now.
far as announcements, I will make a couple. Uh, just check the sign-up sheets back there, see if there's anything you've missed. There's several of them back there, so make sure you check those and make sure you signed up for everything that you want to. And uh, the officer's banquet, I haven't got no paper back there for it yet, though. But that's for any officer and their spouse. We pay for both. So uh, you bring your children, you pay for your children. But uh, with that, it'd be at the Smith House first Saturday in November. So, Brother Josh, that being said, you come ahead. Appreciate the opportunity to be here tonight. Always appreciate being being back at our home church. Always feel right at home and very welcomed. I'm going to be preaching tonight out of Acts chapter number 16, if y'all want to be flipping there. I do want to point out, y'all need to uh, talk to your members about being a little more polite to visitors. As soon as I walked in, I got insulted. I was told I looked just like my dad. I don't see the resemblance, but we're not going to harp on that too long. <laughs> no, it is a, it's a privilege to be back tonight, and uh, y'all pray for me as we're up here, try to get across what the Lord's uh, shown me, said we'll be in Acts chapter number 16. Now, I've been thinking a lot lately about things that are going on in the world, and the way the world's headed, and uh, the, the state of the church in the world that we're living in, and got to thinking about what our jobs are as Christians, what we're doing as Christians, uh, what our <clears throat> thoughts and intents need to be. And I started thinking that we need to be workers. We need to be more than workers. And that got me to thinking about Paul. And Paul, as we know, wrote most of the, the New Testament. But Paul, from the time he got saved to the time he left this earth, he did nothing but serve the Lord, uh, preach to those that were lost, uh, try to direct and guide the church in the way that it was supposed to be going. And I believe that next to Christ, Paul is one of the greatest examples of what we need to be in the Christian life uh, through this Bible. So I want to start reading and uh, verse number one, or excuse me, verse number six, and I'm only going to read the first uh, about six verses there, and then we'll take a break. It says, Now when they had gone throughout uh, Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, uh, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by uh, Mysia, came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul... In the night, there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia to help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately he endeavored to go out into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to preach, or for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to uh, some Samothracia. Y'all bear with me with names. I can't hardly read. And the next day to Neapolis. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. So the first few verses there that we read is talking about the different regions that they were going through. And a couple of things stuck out to me. He said, and the Holy Ghost forbade them to preach in Asia. And then after uh, they'd come, he said, but the Spirit suffered them not. And there was a few places they went where God uh, led them not to, to do the work there. And I started to think of, 
uh, as a Christian, how do we figure out what the work God wants us to do is? How do we figure out what we're supposed to be doing? And I believe Paul was a very uh, studied man. Uh, he took three years after he was saved to do nothing but get along with God and get revelation from God about what he needed to do and what he needed to be preaching. And I think that's a lot of our problem as Christians. We want to we get saved and we go to church, but that's about the extent of it for us. Uh, we don't want to take the time that it takes to study and read our word. And the problem with Christians tonight is that we don't want to uh, take the word like 2 Timothy said and rightly divide it to our own hearts and our own lives. Hey, the only way that we're going to hear from God this morning or this evening is listening to the words he tells us in his book. And I believe that a lot of times Christians will say, well, I just can't hear him. I don't know what God wants for me because he's not speaking to us like he used to. If he would just talk to me like he talked to him back in the Bible days, maybe then I could hear him. But we've got something way more valuable today. We have his words right here in our hands, and all we got to do is read them, Brother Ron. And so many times, though, we go throughout day by day by day, and we don't even open this book till we come back to church on Sunday morning. And that's a problem for a Christian. Hey, as a Christian, we're to be Christ's life. We ought to want nothing more than to hear God's words. Hey, I should want to wake up in the morning. The first thing I want to hear is from my father. Hey, the first thing that I want to do is get in his word and get something from him so I can start my day fresh and start my day well. Then how is he going to show me what he wants me to do if I'm not reading his word? Hey, how is he going to expect to use us if we're not willing to read his word? It's the simplest of tasks as a Christian is to get in the word of God. So if we can't be obedient in that little thing, how are we going to be obedient in the big things, Brother Terry? Hey, how are we going to be obedient to the calling that he has on our life? We've got to read. We've got to meditate on the word. Hey, a lot of people say, we used to, I remember growing up here, we had a, every Sunday morning daily Bible readers. And that's great, but I don't like that term. I don't want to be a daily Bible reader. I want to be a daily Bible studier. I want to be a meditator. Hey, I want to take these words and not just read them, but I want to put them in my heart. I want to focus on them. I want them to change me. Hey, if this word doesn't change my life, I'm doing something wrong. I talked to a, to a man back when I worked at my last job. We were working at his house. And he said, I want to challenge you. He said, I want you to take one verse every single week, just one verse, and study it. He said, not memorize it, but study it. Figure out what the Lord's saying through that verse and dwell it on your heart. Figure out what, what that verse means. He said, by the end of the year, you've got 52 verses that you know inside and out. He said, it's a slow process. He said, but when you've been in it as long as I had, I think it was 50 some odd years in the ministry. He said, I know a lot about this book. And I tell you what, that's how we ought to, ought to be. Hey, it might take a while to take a, a five-word verse. You might think you don't need to dwell on that. But the Lord can show you more in that one little verse than you could ever imagine. Hey, this word is alive this evening. Hey, this word can change your heart. It can change your life. But we have to be obedient to him to study it, to read it, and to apply it to our lives. But then we read on down. He said, uh, all those, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. But then he said there was a vision where it came to him in a, goodness. Y'all bear with me tonight. I'm a little bit nervous. Can't tell. There's about five more people than I'm used to preaching to. It said, and a vision appeared to Paul. In the night, and there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. So now that God has shown him something, he's gotten a vision of what he's supposed to do, where he's supposed to go. And what did it say? Did it say he stopped and he prayed about it? No. It didn't say he had to get his Bible and read a little bit and make sure that was right. It said, And immediately we endeavored to go. That's how we ought to be. That's the obedience that God's calling for us tonight. Hey, when he shows us what he wants, and that's a, a I call it a Christian cop-out. A lot of times we know what God wants us to do. We just don't want to do it. Yeah, right. And the problem, though, we get around that, we say, I just need to pray about it for a little while. 
And I need to make sure this is what I need to do. I need to make sure that's what God's calling me to do. Hey, but if God calls you to do something, he expects your immediate reaction to go do what he's asked you to do. And I want to be like Paul tonight. I want to have that, uh, that uh, determination for Christ to be able to do whatever he's called me to do. Hey, and if it's of the Lord, it's going to be good either way. Hey, if the Lord's shown you something, it's going to work. It's going to be great. Hey, but he says, they immediately went out. And my mind went to somebody else in Genesis chapter number 12. Y'all may be thinking about who I'm thinking of here. Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1. It said, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, I'll be honest with you this evening. If, if the Lord came to me and said, Just go somewhere, and I'll show you later, I probably wouldn't move. I'd be terrified. I'm a man that likes a plan. I like to know what's going to happen next. It drives my wife crazy. I want to know exactly how much money is in the bank account, to know which bills I can pay when, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do that. I've got to know how it's going to work out. But what did God tell Abraham? He said, go to a land that I'm going to show you. And then he said, I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And then verse 3 says, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old. And when he departed out of Haran. So Abraham departed. There again, he didn't question God's motive. He didn't question why you're sending me to somewhere that I don't know where I'm going. He said he just got up and he departed. He left. And that's the obedience we need tonight. Now I want to be able to be used of God. If God's going to use us, we have to have obedience in our hearts. Hey, we have to be willing to go. And a lot of people might think that, that the only calling God's going to give somebody to go is going to be in the mission field or something like that. And they're terrified of that. Hey, but I'll tell you something. We have a mission field out those doors right there. Hey, God's calling us to be a missionary. Hey, we're living in a foreign land. We're living in, hey, we're pilgrims is what the Bible says or the songs we sing about. Hey, we're living in a place that doesn't know God, doesn't love God, doesn't care about the things of Christ. When we walk out of this door, we're the minority. Hey, we're living in a land that does not care about this Bible. It's our job to take it to them. And that's hard. That's scary. Makes me think of Jonah. He was terrified to go to Nineveh for what they would do to him. Hey, we're living in a land that's getting real close to that. Hey, we're living in a time where we're going to be ridiculed. We're going to be uh, trash-talked. Hey, I wouldn't be surprised if in my, my, uh, day, my, my lifetime we could be thrown in prison for preaching God's word in America. I could see it coming. But we still have to be willing to go. And not only the big things, but there's things day to day in our lives that God will lead us to do. Brother Stanley told a story at church the other day about uh, how he was led to speak to his trash guy at work. And he ignored it. He said he was a, a big guy. He didn't want to talk to him. But the Lord did not let it go until the next week he finally did it. Hey, we're to be obedient in our daily lives. Hey, day to day, day in and day out, our first thought is how can we serve God? How can I serve Christ today with the way I'm living my life? And if he tells me to go talk to somebody at the grocery store, I better turn around and go talk to somebody at the grocery store. Hey, it's our job as Christians. Hey, we're not here uh, to buy a big house and, and make a good living and, and raise, uh, raise families to be able to go into the workforce and all this stuff. We're to be able to raise families for Christ. Or we're living a life to bring glory to Christ. Uh, hey, he's going to provide our needs. Hey, we don't have to worry about the things that go on here, about the things we're going to have or things we need, because God's going to provide it if we focus on him. 
I think that's a lot of our problem. We get so wrapped up in the world tonight, and we get so caught up in the things uh, that aren't of Christ, the things that, uh, that really aren't going to benefit us at all, but those take priority in our lives that we forget about God and we put them on the back burner. And when we do that, how can we work for him? If we put God on the back burner, how are we ever going to be used? Hey, how are we going to be able to, uh, to benefit the kingdom of heaven? We won't. But then I want to go on. So Paul, uh, he was obedient. He listened to the call that he was given to go. But the second point tonight is that there was a roadblock along his way. Let's go back to our text. Acts chapter 16, we're going to skip on down to, to verse number, uh, let's see, 16. Yeah, verse 16. It says, And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. And the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which, slew unto, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. So I want to go back up to verse 16. He said, There came a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination. Verse 17 said, They followed them, and they kept making cries. Can I tell you, when we start following the Lord and we answer his call and we're trying to do the will of God, there's going to be somebody that comes up and starts whispering in our ear, Brother Tim. Hey, there's going to be somebody that comes up and starts telling us that we're not good enough. Hey, we're that, that we're not uh, going to be able to be used by the Lord. We're not going to be able to do what we're called to do. Hey, and that's the, that's the spirit of uh, the Antichrist this evening. Hey, that's the spirit of the devil. Hey, we are living in his playground. We're living on earth. He is the God of this world. Hey, we're having to uh, live in the flesh tonight, but we're living in a place that's indwelled by the spirit of evil. Just to be honest with you. Amen. And we have to deal with that. So every time we try to follow God, if we're truly being used of him, there's going to be some, uh, somebody coming and knocking on our heart's door, knocking on our ears, saying, hey, you don't need to be doing this. Because anything that we start doing for God is doing something against him. And he doesn't like it. Hey, the devil doesn't want to lose this world. Even though he already has, it's already finished. And that's what I want to say tonight. If he's, he's uh, knocking on your eardrums and he's telling you that you don't need to be doing God's work, you ought to. Hey, tell him to hush. Tell him to leave you alone because in the end, let's go to the end of the book. He's already in the lake of fire. He's done for. He's done with. Hey, but I tell you that there's a lot of people that might end up there because we don't follow God. Because we don't follow what God's calling us to do and what Christ has called us to do. There may be a lot of people that follow the devil right to the lake of fire because we weren't obedient to serve him. We weren't obedient to preach the gospel to him. Hey, there's people in our own families that I think about that are lost and on their way to hell. But I'm too, uh, too quiet or too reserved that I don't want to say anything to them. I don't want to be looked at weird in my own family because I'm trying to preach to somebody. Hey, but should our pride get in the way of somebody's soul? A lot of times we let our pride get in the way. A lot of times we listen to the, the things the devil's telling us that, well, I can't make a difference. I'm not, I'm not good enough to do the Lord's work. Hey, look at what I used to be. Well, look at what Paul used to be. Hey, he used to, he used to persecute the Christians. And he did away with the Christians. He hated them. But Christ used him. Hey, Christ used him in a mighty way. 
And he can use us if we're willing. Then it goes on. So they did that many days, but he cast the spirit out of her. And he said, when their master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas. So up to this point, you didn't hear anything about the masters or anybody saying anything about what they were doing until the hope of their gains was gone. When it started stepping on their toes, they all of a sudden had a problem with what was going on. And can I tell you something? If we're following Christ tonight and we're following what this Bible says, we're going to step on the world's toes. Hey, we're going to step on the toes of our government. We're going to step on the toes of our peers. Hey, if we start following God, we're going to step on the toes of the world we're living in. It's just going to happen. And that's why they're going to come after us. That's why they don't like us, Brother Tim. That's why uh, we have a big target on our backs as Christians, because they do not like the things of God, because it puts an end to their agenda. Uh, and, and I get fired up a lot of times seeing the way that things are going. Hey, there's a lot of, lot of movements out there today. There's a homosexual movement. Hey, there's uh, all these different things that are going on, and it drives me nuts because I have two little children now that are having to live in this world, and I'm having to bring them up in this world. I was watching TV with Emery about, I don't know, a month or so ago, and it was this little princess show. It seemed innocent, and I was watching it with her, then all of a sudden two daddies showed up. I cut it off. I said, we can't watch that. I said, well, why not? I said, I don't like it. We're just not going to watch it. But it makes me so mad that they're, that's a five-year-old show. It's geared towards three, four, and five-year-olds, and they're putting homosexuality in the shows like that to get in their little minds, starting that early to try to take over our next generation. And I'm sick of it. But I think the problem is, us Christians, we're sitting by the wayside, and we're letting it happen. And we're not willing to stand up and take a stand against that junk. And I'm tired of it tonight, and I'm, I try not to get too fired up, but that's my baby. That's my little girl that's having to look at all this stuff. It's being forced down her throat at an early age, and I'm doing my best to guard her heart and guard her from it. Hey, but it's time that a church stands up, and we preach against that stuff. We stand against that stuff. Hey, I don't care if one day it gets me thrown in jail. I'm going to stand in the jail standing against that stuff. Hey, I don't, I don't want any part of it. Hey, God calls it an abomination tonight. If it's an abomination to him, it's going to be an abomination to us. It ought to be. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of churches out there that have welcomed this stuff in their doors. And there's a lot of places out there that are okay with uh, the homosexual pastors and preachers, women preachers, you name it. Hey, people are shacking up, sitting in the church house. Hey, people are uh, leaving the church house and they're going to eat lunch and have a beer in their hand while they're eating lunch. Now, a lot of churches won't preach this kind of stuff anymore for fear of losing their members. Hey, but if a preacher's too worried about his paycheck getting bigger and worried about losing members, he ought not be standing up preaching. Hey, we're living in a world where preachers ought to stand up and preach this word and preach it uh, with every bit of their passion that they've got in their hearts. Because that's the only thing that God's going to be able to use is our, our, uh, our obedience to him to preach his word. And as our next generation grows up, I want to see them have that same fire on their lives. We need some churches that are still willing to preach the word of God and still willing to stand behind these principles. But then what happened to them, when they saw that they were going to lose their gains, it said they bound them, they brought them to the magistrates, they beat them. Hey, they started going through a trial just because they were doing the right thing. Y'all hear me? They were doing the right thing and they were going through a trial. A lot of times Christians, as soon as something happens to them, they give up. I've been there, I give up. Hey, when stuff starts getting hard, we just want to sit down and quit. Hey, but that's not what we're supposed to do tonight. Hey, I believe Paul was right where he was supposed to be. He was doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing. 
yet he was still thrown in the inner part of the prison and beaten. Hey, there are going to be times in our Christian life where we're going to be beaten. Hey, we're going to be uh, so, so downtrodden and, and walked over that we feel like giving up. Hey, but that's all part of the plan that God has for us. We may not see it. We may not understand it. Hey, but as long as we stay close with him, it's going to be okay. And to be honest with you, they could beat me to death and I'd be happy. I know where I'm going tonight. Hey, we don't have anything to worry about down here. Hey, we have an enemy, but he can't touch us. Hey, he can do his best, and even if he kills us, we're going to heaven. Hey, what the, what's that song say? We're a winner either way. Hey, whether I serve him down here and I've got his touch on my life, or whether I go on home and I'm in glory with him, I'm a winner either way. So if we can get our minds set on that, why don't we just live our lives to glorify him here? Hey, I want a crown one day to lay at his feet. I want to do a work down here so that I can have something to give back to him when we get there one day. Hey, that should be the, uh, the greatest desire in any Christian's heart is to be able to lay something down at the feet of Jesus one day. But then he goes on and he said, And they led many stripes upon them, and the jailer kept them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner part of the prison and made fa their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were loosed. I'm going to stop right there. <clears throat> he said, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Even at the very darkest hour, the moment that they were in, what they do? They got on their knees and they prayed. And they praised God for what they were going through. And they praised God for the position they were put in. Hey, I want to be so close to him that no matter where I'm at, all I can do is praise him. Hey, I want to be so close to Christ that all the thing that's on my mind is I want to praise him. Hey, I think of Job, when everything was taken away from him, he was at the lowest of lows, what did he do? He praised God. He said, naked came I into this world, naked am I going to go out? I'm going to praise you either way. And that's how we ought to be, Brother Tim. That's, that's what ought to be in our hearts. There's nothing but praising God for how good he is to us. And why am I so excited about it? Because I know who I used to be. Hey, I know what God saved me from. I know the wicked person that I was before I found Christ. And if y'all knew that, y'all probably wouldn't want to listen to me. But I'm grateful that he's able to do that tonight. And we ought to be excited about what he's done for us. But then it goes on. It said, And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out a sword and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. And he and all his straightway, and when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. So because of what they were having to go through, because of the trials that they had just endured, man got saved out of it. His family got saved through it. Hey, we might be going through something down here, but it's not about us. There's somebody that might be seeing that, maybe able to witness something we're going through that's going to benefit from it. Hey, if a soul can get saved through something that I'm going through, I ought to be willing to go through it. Hey, because nobody uh, is uh, supposed to be in hell anymore in, in this life. Nobody's supposed to end up in the lake of fire. Hey, that wasn't designed for us. Hey, and if my life, through the things that I go through, can lead somebody to Christ, then I don't care what I have to go through. And that's a, a bold thing to say, but as Christians, that's ought to be what's on our hearts. And hey, that ought to be what we say. And hey, we ought to be willing to see the perfect outcome of Christ. That's my third point. There's a perfect outcome if you're doing what, you do, what God has called you to do. 
A lot of times in our hearts and in our minds, and I'm bad about this, I always come up with my own ending. I've got to figure out what's going on, like I said earlier. But nine times out of ten, God's ending is way different than mine. But his is always better. His is always better. And it always will be better. Because if Christ can use our lives to save one soul, it's worth it. Hey, if one person can come to know Christ through my life, then my life is worth living. But if I live my life just riding the fence, doing just enough to get by, and I make it to heaven without one soul being saved through my life, I failed. I truly believe that. I failed as a Christian if I've not been able to lead at least one person to Christ. If nothing else, just by the way I live. Because if we're Christians tonight and we're not living a Christian life, what are we, what are we doing? Hey, what, what good is being called a Christian if we're not going to act like it? Hey, so many times there's, uh, like I said earlier, there's so-called Christians. They're going to be at the bars tomorrow night. They're going to be, uh, or Friday night, you're going to find them in the bars. Hey, I heard a story one time that a preacher said that there's a division between the church and the world. And we need to fill in that divide. So he started a ministry where he'd go and drink in the bars and witness to people. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? That's ridiculous. If we're going to sit shoulder to shoulder and sin with the sinners, they're not going to want what we have to offer. Hey, it's our job to be set apart from the world. Hey, we're to be different from the world. Hey, uh, the kids that we teach at church, I asked them one day, I said, what kind of music do y'all like listening to? The little girl popped up, I like rap. I said, oh boy. And she didn't like my response. She said, well, what's wrong with it? I said, have you listened to it? I said, listen to the words. You're 12 years old. You don't need to be listening to this stuff. Hey, if we're putting this garbage in our minds, and that's what it is. If we're putting this garbage in our minds, that's how we're going to live our lives. That's how we're going to react. That's how we're going to uh, act and, and do things. And me, for example, I used to love country music growing up. But have you listened to that lately? It's nothing but garbage. It's trash. All they're talking about is, is women and being drunk and doing this on a Friday night and all the stuff that we probably did before we were saved. But once we're Christians, we ought not want to have any part of that. And I might be stepping on some toes tonight. I hope not. But as Christians, we ought to want to be different. And we ought to want to get rid of that old music, get rid of those old TV shows, get rid of the, uh, the movies that we used to watch, the crowd we used to hang around. And I tell you what, if we get rid of all that other stuff, we're not going to have to worry about the crowd. They're going to get rid of us, and pretty fast. But to tell you the truth, it's a, it's a lot better to be around the church crowd than it is the world's crowd. Amen. Hey, I've lost a lot of friends in my life. Friends I used to hang out with in high school, I hadn't seen but one of them in the 10 years I've been out. But the friends that I've grown up with in church and that I've met through, uh, through, through the churches, they're friends that I'm probably never going to lose. Hey, they're friends that I've come to know and come to be close with that I can count on and rely on because they're God's people. And I tell you, God's people are a whole lot better to be around than the world's people. And they're the ones that we need to rub shoulders with, rub elbows with, call each other, lift each other up. Hey, the things I've been preaching about tonight, the... Well, it does get discouraging. I'm not going to lie to you. The Christian walk is hard. It is discouraging at times. Hey, but that's when the brethren come in handy. Hey, we need to be calling each other, lifting each other up, making sure we're okay. Right. See if you need any help, if you need any prayer. Hey, we're giving each other. It's called fellowship for a reason. Hey, it's not a, I believe the church is, is for a pick-me-up during the week, but it's also to have a like-minded believers come together to be able to lean on one another. Hey, and I think if we can't lean on one another, what's the point in having the church? And we ought to lift one another up tonight. And I don't know why I went there. That's not even in my notes. But it's important. It's important that we have a like-minded body of believers uh, to walk this Christian life with. And then lastly, and I'm done. 
if we're not willing to be the way Christ has called us to be, if we're not willing uh, to be obedient to him and read his word, and we don't have that, that unction in our lives and our hearts, then we may want to think if we're really in it or not. There's a lot of, a lot of people that I know and I've talked to along the way, and their lives just don't line up with the Christianity that they, call, they, they claim to be. And I think a lot of times it's because they really don't have it. Hey, there's a lot of people out there that think that they're okay. They think they're getting by because they're in church and because they're sitting on a church pew or they're leading the choir or they're teaching Sunday school. Hey, but when the Lord comes back, they're probably going to be left behind. Hey, if we've never had a change in our hearts, there's a change that takes place, Brother Warren. Hey, I've felt it. I've seen it. That doesn't mean we're not going to mess up. We're not going to sin. And unfortunately, we're still roving this flesh. We're still stuck here in it. We're going to fail. But my heart's changed. Hey, my longings have changed. My desires have changed. Brother Stanley, I uh, use him as an example a lot because he's my pastor, but he tells all the time his testimony of how he used to be a drunkard. Uh, he'd go out and he'd stay drunk for three or four days at a time. Nobody would know who he was or where he was. And but when he got saved, he ain't touched a drop of alcohol since. His life changed. Yeah. And if your life hasn't changed, there might be something missing in your life. Yeah. If you come forward and say, well, yep, yeah, I got saved, I'm a Christian, then you walk out the door and you don't get at least a little wrong feeling when you start doing those old things, and there's probably nothing changed in you. Hey, there's got to be that change in your life. Amen. And with that change comes a longing and a desire to serve him. Hey, I want nothing more in my life than to serve Christ. And I'll be done right here. And this is what I really wanted to get across tonight. It's what the Lord showed me in my studies. Is As a church, we're in the end times. I believe that. We look at what's going over in, uh, in Israel tonight. And I know we've seen things back and forth my whole life. And I've heard the Lord could be coming back any minute my entire life. But I truly believe we're getting extremely close. And we see the things that are going on over there. We see the things that are going on here. It's more important than ever for the Christians to be in this book and to be doing what God's called us to do. So as a church, I don't know how you want to close Brother Terry, but if you want to come to the altars tonight and pray the Lord to get our hearts all fixed in unison tonight to, to, get, to, to, to know him better, to know this word better, to have a desire to serve him in everything that we do, in every way possible, and to take this word to those that need it. Because we're in the times that they need it. And we're in the times that this world needs this book more than ever before. And we as Christians need one another. And we need to have that desire to serve Christ. If y'all be obedient to the Lord tonight, I'm finished. As she plays. Amen.